Haunted UK podcast Short Haunts is produced and released in stereo. Listening through an environment such as headphones or stereo speakers will ensure you get the best experience. Here at Haunted UK Podcast Towers, we're committed to giving you high-quality, great episodes, time after time after time. But this takes a lot of effort in research, writing, editing, recording, mixing, mastering and publishing. We don't have a fancy production company or a bank of scriptwriters, or a large budget to keep everything going. We are a fully independent podcast. If you'd like to help the show, then why not get over to Coffee and search for the Haunted UK podcast, where you can subscribe to give just £3 per month, the price of a coffee, or as much as you like. If you'd rather not sign up for a monthly subscription, then you can simply make a one-off donation, again, as little or as much as you like. This really helps the show with our website, coffee membership, merchandise, equipment, as well as other financial commitments. So, if you feel that you'd like to keep the lights burning, the wheels turning and the stories rolling, then why not consider getting over to coffee and donating to the show? That's ko fi and search for the Haunted UK Podcast. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Haunted UK Podcast's Short Haunts. Welcome, dear listeners, to our series of short haunts. A shot of scary, just for you. So grab a hot chocolate, maybe a tea, maybe something stronger. Because this is Haunted UK Podcasts, Short Haunts, A Girl Called Pep. We've all heard stories about children with imaginary friends. Maybe your own children had one when they were younger. Or maybe they have one, right now. A friend who they talk to, share conversations with, laugh with, and even follow them around the room. Because according to them, they can see 
these phantom friends. But you can't. The following story tells of events experienced by a little girl called Elaine. But these events were also witnessed by her parents. Events that shocked them to their core. Events they clearly still remember to this day. We'll let Justin take over from here. This is a story about my late wife who sadly passed away in 2016. It's about some experiences that took place when she was very young and living at home with her mum and dad in the early 80s. It was after listening to my two favourite episodes, The House That Didn't Want To Be A Home and Working With The Unknown that prompted me to tell this story of what I think is a dark and sinister force. Similar in nature to those experiences featured in both of those episodes. So, here I go with my story. I've used different names for the people involved to protect their privacy and will not name exact locations. It was around 1983 to 1984 when this took place. When I first met my wife, we soon discovered that we both shared a mutual interest in the paranormal. I told her about a few weird things that happened to me growing up, and she in turn relayed to me what had happened to her, which kind of put my experiences at the time into a tin hat, really. Now, most of this information comes from her parents, as my wife Elaine only remembered tiny details, and not the entire series of events, because she was only around three years old at the time. Her parents, who lived in Sussex, moved into an old three-bedroom house, situated down a narrow, dead-end lane, just off the main road. The house was one of four houses in the lane, and was surrounded by open fields, with a woodland at the bottom of a large garden. The house was built around 1880, and the family had only lived there a few weeks, when odd things started to happen. Their daughter Elaine formed the habit of talking to herself. <laughs> At first, it just went unnoticed by her parents, but after a while, her mum, Brenda, started to notice her daughter talking more and more on her own, especially as she was the only one at home most of the time looking after her, as her husband Bill, Elaine's father, was mostly at work. Brenda soon realised that Elaine was not in fact talking to herself, but to what seemed to be another person. Now we all know that lots of kids have imaginary friends, and her mum just put it down to that, an imaginary friend. However, Brenda did ask her daughter, Who are you talking to, darling? Elaine would simply and innocently say, I'm talking to Pep. Oh, and who is Pep? Her mum replied. She's a little girl, and she's my friend, Elaine said. Brenda was a little put off by this, but didn't think much more of it and just put it down to childhood imagination. However, this was far from the end of it. Shortly after, strange things began to occur. Objects would go missing for hours or days on end, then reappear in a different place, 
when her mum asked her daughter where the things had gone, she would simply say that it was Pep. As innocent as this seemed, things started to take a much darker and more sinister turn. As the days and weeks went on, more and more things were happening. Noises, lights flickering, unexplained whispers and voices. Be gone. Be gone. Cold spots would appear, and electrical appliances would switch on and off seemingly by themselves. Brenda and Bill were sitting watching TV when both of them heard a banging noise coming from their daughter's room, followed by a childlike giggle, which they thought did not sound like their daughter at all. They both went up to check and found their daughter was fast asleep. They saw nothing, but one of their daughter's drawers was out of its unit and was sitting in the middle of the floor. Was this the bang they had heard? Brenda also heard things during the day. When her daughter was playing in the lounge one morning, Brenda had just popped upstairs for something when she heard the giggling again, (laughs) just as she and her husband had heard that one night. Then the voice of her daughter was heard talking to someone again. Brenda came back down the stairs and asked Elaine if she had been laughing and giggling. Elaine once again had said, It wasn't me. It was Pep. Who were you talking to, sweetie? Her mum asked. I was talking to Pep. But the man said she had to go away, Elaine replied. What man? said Brenda. The man in the hat, mummy. Brenda left it at that, but admitted she found this all very unsettling. On another occasion, the family had been out shopping for the day, The house had been empty and nobody else had been there or had a key. When the family returned home and her mum and dad entered the house and then into the kitchen, they were shocked to find the entire set of kitchen knives all over the kitchen floor, but not scattered about randomly as if they'd been thrown. Oh no. All the knives were neatly coordinated to form a perfect circle in the middle of the floor, with the knives lined up side by side. Absolutely stunned and shocked, both Brenda and Bill were at a complete loss as to what or who could be responsible. They checked the house for a possible intruder, but it was empty and secure, just as they had left it. What has Pep done now? Their daughter suddenly remarked. Her mum didn't show it, but by now she was really starting to get unnerved by the things that were happening in the house. What with the constant reference to Pep her daughter was making, things being moved all the time, and even Bill had heard the sound of a little girl giggling. It begged the question, what was going on? And deep in Brenda's mind, another question formed. Who was the man in the hat? Brenda was about to find out for herself. Occasionally, Bill's job required him to work the night shift, leaving Elaine and her mum alone all night from 9pm to 6am. On one such night, Elaine was fast asleep in her bedroom and Brenda was sitting in bed reading a book just by the lamplight on her bedside table. It was dark outside, 
but she said she hadn't yet closed the curtains at this point. She distinctly remembered it being a bright moonlit night with plenty of stars visible in the night sky. As she was laying there, engrossed in her book, her gaze was suddenly drawn to the bedroom window, which was on her side of the bed. The following words are my mother-in-law's own. Quote, I looked up from my book, and no word of a lie, I saw a man who closely resembled a fisherman, a bit like Captain Birdseye from the adverts. He was just standing there still, near the window, and was looking out into the distance as if he was trying to spot something. He hardly moved and never once turned his head to face me. I just froze and stared in disbelief. I even pinched myself to make sure I wasn't dreaming. He was as clear as day, but he did have a slightly misty, smoky tone to his appearance. I just stared at him. He only appeared for around ten seconds and then just faded into nothing. He had a beard and was also wearing a hat. I was left stunned. I've always been a bit of a skeptic, but I will never, ever forget that night and what I saw. I only ever saw him once. I wasn't really scared, but it did leave me a little shaken up and confused. End quote. Brenda had told Bill about it the next morning after he arrived home from work. My father-in-law, being the kind of man he is, wanted to get to the bottom of it and to find a rational explanation. So, he spent a few nights awake in bed, in the dark, waiting to see what Brenda called the captain for himself, but he never appeared to him or Brenda ever again. By now, things were happening regularly and Elaine was becoming more and more engrossed in her so-called imaginary friend, Pep, talking and playing with her almost every day, even refusing to leave the house sometimes, saying she didn't want to go out. She wanted to stay with Pep. It was Christmas, and Elaine and her mum had been putting up decorations and decorating the Christmas tree. A few days later, the family had been out for the day. When they returned home, they found all the Christmas tree lights no longer on the tree, but positioned in a circle on the living room floor. And stranger still, the lights were still plugged in and switched on. All the other tree ornaments were still in position, except for the lights. And again, Elaine had said, it was Pep. Both Elaine's parents by now were utterly baffled. What was going on? Her mum was starting to get really annoyed, worried and fed up with hearing about Pep and that she was responsible for all the goings-on. If this was the work of a little girl's ghost, it didn't sound like this ghost wanted to be that friendly. It was now affecting her the most, and Bill spent the majority of his days at work and only experienced a few things when he was at home. Almost every day, something unexplainable would happen. One day, Brenda decided to question her daughter about Pep to see if she could find out a bit more about this mysterious little girl and the man in the hat. Now, my wife didn't remember this, but according to her mum, when questioned about Pep, she told her that Pep used to live in or near the house that they now lived in. Also, 
Pep had told Elaine she wanted her to be her eternal playmate and that she was never going to let her leave this house. Ever. As for the man in the hat, Elaine did not say who he was, but that she saw him a few times at the bottom of the garden, looking up at the house. Shocked and feeling sick to the stomach, her mum decided that enough was enough. Something needed to be done. Her parents soon had a long conversation about the strange activity in the property, and for the sake of their daughter's safety, both unanimously and reluctantly decided to put the house on the market and leave as soon as possible. Brenda was really worried now about her daughter and had this relentless bad feeling that, whatever this spirit or spirits were, they had harmful intentions towards them and Helene. A few days later, her mum had arranged for an estate agent to come and value the property and to start the sale process. When he arrived at the door, Brenda couldn't help but notice that the agent looked uneasy and on edge. Hello. He was a young man, roughly in his thirties, and according to my mother-in-law, he didn't look happy at all. And what's more, he seemed hesitant to enter. When she did invite him in, he paused briefly, before eventually entering the property. She showed him around, and he started to make notes as he went from room to room. As he walked around the house, he suddenly asked if her husband had popped out, which she thought was a little odd. So she asked what he meant. He said that when he arrived, he saw a man in the front upstairs window looking out across the fields opposite the house and assumed that it was her husband. Brenda replied, My husband is at work. It's just me and my daughter here at the moment. He went quiet for a second. Brenda asked him what the man he thought he saw looked like. He said, I'm not really sure. I couldn't see that well, but he had a beard and looked like he was wearing a hat. Maybe it was just my eyes playing tricks. Brenda went cold and tried not to show the fear she was feeling inside. The room he had mentioned was their bedroom. Brenda was going to tell him that her husband didn't have a beard or wear a hat, but thought better of it. She just wanted this house sold as quickly as possible. Now, the house being old had a small basement or scullery, which they only really used for storage. Brenda opened the door so the agent could go in and have a look around it. In less than half a minute, he came out as white as a sheet, sweating and trembling, looking like he was going to pass out. She asked him if he was okay, and he replied, I'm sorry, I've got to get out of here. And with that, he made for the front door, left the house, sped away in his car, and never came back. The house did go up for sale, but the agent never returned to the property. Early one cold and icy morning when Bill had come home from doing a night shift, he decided to sit in the lounge with a cup of tea before going to bed and catching up on some sleep. Brenda and Elaine were still asleep in bed upstairs. As he sat quietly on the sofa, he heard a noise outside of the living room window. Before he had a chance to investigate, 
a milk float came crashing through the bay window of the lounge, straight into the room and narrowly missing him as he sat on the sofa. It was learned later that the milkman was trying to turn around in the narrow lane and skidded on the ice which caused the float to lose control and come ploughing into their lounge. Was this just an accident? Or something else? My father-in-law to this day is convinced it was more sinister than just bad weather. Luckily, the milk firm paid out and the damage to the house was fixed in no time at all. However, more was to follow. Again, Bill was working a night shift and Brenda was at home alone with Elaine. She had settled her daughter in bed for the night and left the bedside lamp on as usual in her daughter's room. Shortly after, she had spoken to her husband at work and told him everything was okay at home and not to worry. Then she sat in the lounge with a drink and watched some television. A short time passed when Brenda suddenly came over with an uneasy feelings. Her words once more. Quote, I couldn't put my finger on it, but something was telling me to go upstairs and check on Elaine. I don't know why or how, but something didn't feel right at all. So I got up and went upstairs. I opened her bedroom door, and to my absolute horror, I saw a brief image of a small child in the middle of a small fiery blaze at the bottom of my daughter's bed. Incredibly, Elaine was still sound asleep. The image disappeared rapidly, and in a panic, I instinctively picked Elaine up and ran from the room and downstairs. I grabbed the phone and called the fire brigade and then walked down the lane to meet them, still with my daughter in my arms. The fire brigade arrived quickly and swiftly put the fire out, but they could not come up with any real cause as to why the fire started, apart from it maybe being electrical, but this was never proved. End quote. It's the image of the girl in the flames that I particularly find very unsettling. It was only a short time after that Brenda remembered her daughter's haunting words that Pep wanted to make Elaine her eternal playmate so that she will never leave the house. What started as an innocent imaginary friend had turned out to be someone or something much more sinister, insidious, evil. And as for the Captain Ghost, who knows? Two different spirits connected in some way, perhaps. And what made the estate agent flee from the house, never to return? Thankfully, the house did eventually sell after a few months, but nothing followed them to their new home, where her parents had, until recently, spent 30 happy years in. Lots of things had happened in the time they had spent living in that house, but the things I have mentioned in this story are the events which stick out to me as the most disturbing from what my wife's parents have told me over the years. There was one last unsettling thing that Brenda came across just a few days before they moved out. Whilst she was packing up the last few items, she found a photo. A photo of her and Bill holding Elaine when she was around two years old. The photo had been torn in half, leaving Elaine on one half and her parents on the other half. 
Brenda kept the photo safe and secure in a box in a drawer. So who, or what, would have done such a cruel thing to their family photo? Brenda knew the possible answer and was just glad that in a few days she was going to see the back of this weird house and Pep, hopefully, forever. I'm still very much in contact with my in-laws and the house in question still comes up in conversation from time to time and I absolutely love hearing about it every time, first-hand, from the people who experienced it for real. But it does make me feel uneasy to think a ghost or spirit was capable of, or at least tried to, intentionally cause harm to a young family. They had spent roughly close to two years living in that house with some kind of dark force, which was out to cause them and their daughter harm. The house was old, and it seemed to have had a troubled history and past. Whatever was going on in that house, they hoped it wouldn't be a problem for the new residents. But interestingly enough, her parents told me that less than a year after they had sold it, the house was back on the market. This was a pattern that repeated itself over and over again in just a few short years after they'd moved out. So, it does make you wonder if the following residents in the years since had the same experiences as my wife and family. The house still exists today. Interestingly, the next-door neighbour who had lived there since the war had told the family that the previous children who lived in the house had also seen a little girl who went by a different name other than Pep. The previous family saw orbs and strange lights in the house, as well as being burgled during their time living there and had constant problems with the electricity supply to the property. Whatever was in that house was more attracted to families with children according to the neighbour and things would start off small and escalate over time. So that's my story or the story of what happened to my wife and her family one that has played on my mind since the first time I heard it. I sometimes think and wonder what, if anything, I would experience if I ever visited the property today. Probably nothing But sometimes, when I'm driving in the area of the property, it always comes to mind and leaves me a bit creeped out to think that Pep, whoever she is, is still in that house, maybe waiting for another unsuspecting child to be her eternal playmate. Love the show very much, and the way you tell these stories makes them a joy to listen to, especially at night, with a cup of tea through my earpods. Keep up the good work. All the best. Justin. So there you have it. An amazing story I think you'll all agree, but what really happened in that house? What forces were at work? Because this wasn't just a simple case of one family experiencing paranormal phenomenon. Families before and after also witnessed strange incidents, things that defied explanation. Does the house still hold the presence of those spirits? Whether it does or not, this story should serve as a warning to all of us 
because we never really know the full history of the houses we live in, or the land they're built upon. So, the next time you move into a new house or flat, and you get that strange chill about the nape of your neck, your ears suddenly primed to hear whispers which seem to come from nowhere, but right next to you. Be gone. Be gone. At this point, it's time to take a moment to trust your instincts. Because the next person who could be the subject of a short haunt could be you. Do you have an interesting story which features the paranormal? If so, your story could be featured in our series Short Haunts. Please get in touch via email at hauntedukpodcast at hotmail.com, on Twitter at hauntedukpod, or on Instagram at Haunted UK Podcast. We're waiting for your stories. This episode was presented by Steve, produced by Pink Flamingo Home Studio, and the script was edited by Marie Waller Proofreading. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. <laughs>